1: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot each episode we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to so if you find our discussions helpful please give us a review on itunes or stitcher we would love it if you would tell a friend about us you can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com and if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about we'd love to hear from you please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Good morning.
0: <laughs> good morning, Lori. How are you? Um, good. Good. So you're
1: you're in
0: the
1: midst of a moving weekend,
0: right? Uh, yeah, coming up. We are moving our offices, are expanding to a big old space. So I have furniture all over my house and all in my garage and uh, it's just it's kind of it's kind of maddening. My daughter thinks that we are actually Moving houses, she oh, said really that yes. she's going to be responsible for carrying the TV <laughs> and making sure that the TV goes with us.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: then when my wife, the important, the important thing, forget like, the cat, just grab the TV. Uh, yeah. You well, know, no, we would never have a cat, dog, but dog. Um, when um, yeah, when my wife said, no, we're not moving. We're just it's all for our office. Office, she said. Well, why wouldn't you want a TV in your office? <laughs> so she is, she, she's a little, a little obsessed, maybe has her priorities. And your
1: office. office is so cute. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, hoping yeah, to replicate. Hoping well, to replicate. Well,
1: well done. Well yeah. organized and well designed. I was awesome. very impressed. Yeah,
0: cool.
1: So we're going to talk about masculinity today, the complexity of masculine sexuality.
0: Yes, which is a complex topic to talk about the complex, With the complex mas- man masculine for the complex man.
1: For <laughs> the complex man.
0: <laughs> I wonder, I think men feel like that's what's happening to masculinity, that it's become it used to be simple and straightforward. Sure. And now it's becoming a lot more complex. Even before you add in, when you narrow it down to sexuality, just the idea of masculinity seems to be...
1: Just being a man.
0: Yeah. And what, yeah. It, what it means to be a man is seems like it's becoming more and more complex. Do you notice that as mm-hmm. well? Do you feel like sure, see that?
1: Sure. I mean, right, you know, before maybe a generation or two, before there were roles, I think, for everybody. Yeah. And there were some problems with that, certainly, obviously, certainly, and yeah. problems in marriage particularly with that. But I think sort of feeling like you had a path, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, might have felt safer and more secure, and now suddenly there's there's more that's demanded. Yeah,
0: um, we well, yeah, for all the problems with those roles, the expectations were at least clean cut, mm-hmm. right? Or at least from a male viewpoint, they probably were. Right. And so as that evolves and changes, knowing exactly what's expected of me, what am I supposed to do? And then you take that into the bedroom, mm-hmm. and it seems like then it gets confused. It can be confusing as well, especially that that may have seemed like the last. Uh, bastion of malehood is like, what do you do? What do, the, you do what, what do you do in the bedroom? But now that seems to be changing as well. Yeah. Right. Is that is that fair or unfair? What do you What do you think?
1: I think it's really problematic for men, right? I mean, there's a lot of messages about what it means to be a real man in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly I think what men hear in pop culture is what it means to be a real man in the bedroom is to have a great erection. A big mm-hmm. great erection yes that works every single time yes that's what it means to be a man
0: yeah and if you can't do that then you're failing Yep. right Yep. you're falling down on the job so to speak yep.
1: and I think the other thing that I hear and particularly because I have sons I'm aware of the pressure in our culture is you're supposed to want it all the time you're supposed to want a lot of women have sex with a lot of women Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the idea of conquest is really a part of what we think of as male sexuality, right?
0: Yeah. There was a high school out in California that got some news because the guys in the high school would go around wearing numbers on their shirts. They oh, would no. wear, like, jerseys. Oh, no. And the jersey numbers were the amount of girls that they had oh. um, slept with. Oh, wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And so they would wear different jerseys all the time with numbers on them. Not their school jerseys, but others. Sure. And that, was, sure. and that was indicating to all the rest of the guys in the uh-huh. school how many sexual um, partners they had, had. Conquest. Conquest, yeah. Really it wasn't not partners. Had had.
1: Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, though, the pressure of a young man, right,
0: mm-hmm. who's
1: thinking, I'm a zero. Yeah. You know, I'm a big zero. Right. And this guy, this jock is a, you know, 14, you know, and, and that makes him more of a man than me. I mean, I, you know, when it becomes about conquest, it's a really interesting thing. I'm, I worry about that. I really worry about our young people in terms of their first experiences, given the exposure to porn, the pressure that, you know, for both men and women, uh, but certainly for young men. Well, because
0: it's it's so reductionistic about sex, right? I mean, it it reduces it to something that is not mutual, first of all, right? Because it's not really about the relationship. It's more about, did I actually just make the act happen? First of all, and then it, and then so it distorts. It really distorts sexuality. Not to mention which, it applies a bunch of pressure to young men to, to exactly what you are talking about, and to have larger numbers because. Let's let's be honest. All those boys in, in that high school in California weren't telling the truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's no, Probably not. There's no way because it's, it's, there's no there's no proof, right?
1: There's no proof.
0: And so, like,
1: but it, but how awful that must be as yeah. a young man to feel like you know that you have to prove somehow or another your your very being by mm-hmm. how many girls you slept with, you know? I, and we know there's stereotypes. In fact, I've been accused of you know recently. Of spreading stereotypes, and, you know, it's hard to say anything about any gender, either gender, um, without maybe resorting to stereotypical ideas, but I think we wanted to talk about it.
0: This is pervasive. I mean, I, I think it's, it, it can be stereotypical, but it is also fairly pervasive, and most men have faced some of these things, right?
1: Sure, sure, and I think about the young men who, this group, right, they're going to parties, they're wearing these jerseys, they're probably drinking a bunch of alcohol you know with alcohol are they really able to perform yeah you know they're having ed how do you grow up with all of those experiences and and then maybe you know what if the boy says or the young man says you know but i really actually like this special girl Hmm. you know and he wants to be emotionally connected to her he wants her only yeah you know somehow or another these days that's you know, you're you're hardly part of the game. You're hardly part of the hookup culture. If if you want something emotional, yeah. But but the research shows that for all of us, really satisfying sex is is more about deep deep connection with the partner. It, it's really not about technique. I mean, you can have fabulous sex without an erection. Believe it or not.
0: Yeah, men tend to not seek help when they have any kind of ED issue, right? Sure. I mean, they they tend to probably keep it to themselves because it becomes so shaming rather than something that could be just a natural occurring within the context of which they're happening, right? That's right.
1: That's right. Because he may have ED because he's tired or he's not attracted to his partner or he's there might be something physiologically wrong, but it might be... I think I'm really referring to the emotional causes of ED. Yeah you know, with all that expectation, he may not be able to examine himself and Mm -hmm. say, why is my penis not behaving? You know, why I'm supposed to perform here and it's not, you know, how lovely it would be if the man could say, this is why. Even if he could say it to himself, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what it is. And then I think, honestly, I am a sex therapist, but, you know, if you go to sex therapy to get cured of ED, And you might wind up with a sex therapist that that's all they're thinking about is okay let's get you let's get you working again.
0: Well, that increases the pressure as well. It does. It does
1: without maybe examining the whole. You know, what is he feeling about sex? What is he feeling about this person he's with? What What's going on with him on the inside? Yeah. Um, I I mean, before Viagra, right? I mean, there was that. Oftentimes, there was a more intrapsychic look. It, what did it mean? What did the erection failure mean? Yeah. Whereas now it's like, let, let's just pump them up.
0: Yeah. Uh, Viagra and those, those other ED medications has really reduced, again, that, that, that word keeps coming to mind. It's, it's reductionistic. It's only addressing one part of the problem and not the whole of the person, which can be really damaging and set people, set people back.
1: That's right. And that's right. I mean, I mean, we can give them a pill, we can make them functional. We can give them exercises and make them functional. But, but if that's all it is, you know, and he hasn't examined himself or the therapist doesn't help him examine what it means, you know, what is this saying? Then, then he never really has a full experience sexually, right?
0: Right. But that's really also saying that we have to start thinking of sex as more than just the performance, as more than just, even if you don't think of it as conquest, you're thinking of it more complete than it is not. Sex, a healthy sexual relationship with my partner, is more than just my ability to get an erection and to have an orgasm.
1: Yeah, and and I know we're going to have to go on break here for a minute, but I, you know, I think that the trophyism idea that you just spoke of—what happens when he's won the trophy? Mm-hmm. You know, if there's no longer conquest, conquering other women. You know, and other women are desirable to him. I mean, how does he how does he manage this in a culture that esteems that? That says, you know, if you get the most attractive girl, the most attractive woman, you're the winner. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I just I just think... And that proves your prowess as a man. That proves your sexual masculinity if you have the most attractive woman out there.
0: Yeah.
1: Woo! That yeah. is tough.
0: Yeah, that's that tough. That is really tough. Because that, that, again, is so... Is that? I mean, in some cases, that's subjective, right? Mm-hmm. And so that makes it hard to have some kind of definitive statement. And then what happens when, as she, as the woman ages, yeah, and, and looks, she's changed. no
1: longer the trophy, right?
0: Yeah, well, which means you have to go find another. You one. have
1: to go find another one. Yeah, because your very being depends on your, your validation depends on what your partner looks like. Hmm. It doesn't matter what's going on between the two of you. What's satisfying? What's good? it's really a stroking of a competition, right? Other men will see this and therefore know that I'm really a a real man.
0: Yeah, so Lori, why don't we come back and talk about the, and continue that, because I think that's a good direction about the the difficulty of integrating sexuality and emotionality as well, and those two things, and the issues that they can bring up for men.
1: Okay, we'll be right back with 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. Sex again. How to rediscover desire and heal a sexless marriage by certified sex therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the child bearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out
0: more at AwakenLoveAndSex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 with 4 play radio sex therapy, talking about the complexity of masculine sexuality.
0: Yeah, and you were talking about trophyism before the idea that when we reduce sex to being about conquest, then it's about obtaining the trophy, right? And it's right. about the, the getting the prettiest girl, getting the most girls, maybe. Right. Um, and that becomes in adulthood with our relationships, that becomes very problematic because mm-hmm. it doesn't address the complexity, specifically the emotional component in the relationship. That's right. Um, and Lord, is there, is it worth delving into where some of this comes from for men? Like where, what's the source of some of this? It, it, I know we probably couldn't say this is the one source, but what are some of the sources that you think
1: well, this comes I mean from I, I think that it's a, there's a lot of cultural pressure. You know, certainly porn is another problematic influence in terms of telling men how they should feel about sex. You know, you think about the gyrating girl who has this huge orgasm in porn, Mm -hmm. and then the average man who has sex with his wife who maybe isn't gyrating and isn't as expressive, which we can talk about that another day in and of itself, but but really the problem comes when he feels then he's inadequate. Mm -hmm. You know, if I were a better lover, more of a man, this is the the pop I would get out of this experience. She'd get this big pop, and I'd see it. And then I would know I'm a true man.
0: Yeah. So as relationships,
1: oh, that is just so hopeless.
0: Well, and, bec- and two, because as relationships age, right, as the relationships get older, the ex- that may have been the excitement, even if there was some of that pop in the beginning, that's not going to continue to be there in the same way, right? Especially if the emotional relationship isn't isn't addressed.
1: I, I think the hopeful thing in a relationship that grows that is longer and grows deeper is that there can be transcendence. Mm-hmm. You know, that you that you're not as focused on the actual mechanics, but that you begin to know each other so deeply that it becomes really satisfying.
0: I, I guess yeah. that's what I that's what I was saying is that the when you don't address the emotional intimacy in mm-hmm. your relationship as a relationship mm-hmm. ages, the ease of which that sexual Excitement was there in the beginning of the relationship isn't going to be there because you haven't addressed the emotional intimacy, right?
1: Right. I think that you know for men They're socialized right to feel shame over being weak and vulnerable Mm -hmm. And then they get into relationship and let alone a long-term monogamous sexual relationship and they're conditioned don't show any weakness don't show any vulnerability
0: well they they associate emotion emotionality with weakness I think I think it's like I don't think that vulnerability is weakness, but I think that's what it gets associated with, as well as showing any other emotion. I think culturally, men's emotions gets regulated to either being all the emotion that we can show is either no emotion or anger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so most men typically go back and forth between not being emotionally expressive at all or if they are emotional it's a it's a expression uh, it's a visual or behavioral expression of anger mm-hmm. um, rather than really understanding where that anger is coming from or sharing
1: um, why they're angry
0: why they're angry or sharing other uh, the other range of emotions right.
1: because anger is kind of like a top level
0: mm-hmm.
1: more defensive emotion it's not necessarily i'm disappointed i'm afraid i'm insecure mm-hmm. I. You know, I don't know if you love me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you desire me. It's no. it's not a vulnerability. Yeah. But you're right. It's kind of attack. It's fight or flee. Yeah. Or and fight or it. withdraw.
0: That's it. You know. It. Yeah. I, a lot of times, I use an emotion wheel. Have you ever used an emotion wheel in I therapy? No. It's, you can Google it. It's it's out there on the internet. If you go go look up, just Google emotion wheel. Okay. And. What I do is it's a it's a wheel that kind of has your core emotions in the center and then some other emotions out that radiate out from that. Mm-hmm. Um, There's probably over 200 emotions listed on there, and almost every time when I show what I get men saying a lot of times is I'm just so angry, or they'll say if if they you know are a little bit more emotionally advanced or in touch they'll say I'm really hurt rather mm-hmm. than being specific. And when I show them the emotion wheel, they are always it's the same response every single time. I had no idea that many emotions existed Right, <laughs> uh-huh.
1: every,
0: every single time. I think the idea that there's more ways to express yourself and to help identify what you're feeling and what your partner is feeling is so foreign to guys because we're not taught how to identify those emotions, name them, and then communicate them with our partners. So
1: this wheel is, it lists all the, the, Various emotions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: lots and lots of them, and, and maybe helps people understand men and women. But men understand specifically what they're feeling. It gives them labels for it. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, I think this is socialization for little boys, right? We yeah. we overall toxically do not let little boys have a variety of emotions. Oh yeah. We're worried if they feel insecure.
0: We tell them to toughen up. Toughen is up is what we do. Yeah. or that or just you know pick themselves up that's you know that's not the way the real world work and we don't do that with with little girls often not as much not as much mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and and so like that becomes, So
1: little girls can are allowed basically to have more emotions and can often learn emotional intelligence more because they're allowed that
0: mm-hmm. and what I understand you saying is that that being able to connect emotionally is one of the keys to a satisfying and a satisfying sex life and that, that often, that when we address that, that we can often really increase the passion with which we're engaging in sex.
1: That's right, it, and it's not just for women. I mean, actually men report as well that the deepest, most satisfying part of sex is the emotional component as well, is as, as being in it, sort of merged with their mm-hmm. partner. And you know, if you're worried about technique, If you're worried about your erection, really hard to get merged. If if you don't have a close emotional life with your partner, really hard to get merged with them. I think that also men are shamed over ever wanting physical comfort. Mm. I was telling a a patient of mine who had a really traumatic background that my sons come home and they came home from college and they would still like lie on the couch and want me to scratch their heads, you know, and um, lots of hugs and... I mean, I probably hug my kids when they're home from college, Mm -hmm. you know, multiple times a day, you know, kiss them, hug them. I mean, there's a lot of affection still. And and it was just like this foreign concept, right?
0: Because because
1: boys, you know, especially in his era, um, and I think his experience was there was no such thing as being able to request physical, sensual touch. It Mm -hmm. was the only way a man can get it is to request sex. You know, he mm-hmm. may actually want his head scratched and be held by his wife, Yeah. but that's unmanly. Yeah. And and then you think about the, how that impacts the quality of sex if if you're just, if what you really want is to be held or, or touched or stroked, mm-hmm. but you don't feel permission to have that, so then you go through this motion of sex, which wasn't what you wanted really. Yeah. You know, wh- how does that translate?
0: Yeah, I think, I think I've heard so many men, the complaint from their wives may be something along the lines of, he only wants sex. He doesn't want to have sex with me. He just wants to have sex. Exactly. And then when, but when we get underneath that, and the, the man is probably communicating that. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, unspr- he but, is. Yeah. But when we get underneath that, oftentimes it is, he sees sex more in the way that you're talking about it right there it's more of a need and it's not just he just doesn't want sex he wants affection and he wants touch and he wants um, all those things that you mentioned but has very little idea how to express that um, Mm -hmm. and how to how to talk about that or how to how to like you said to request it but it's there I think it's there for a lot of men especially once they take sex from this real generalized hyper-masculine conquest idea and begin to get more into a relational idea, and relational component of sex.
1: Right. And we're not dissing desire. We're not no, dissing not feeling horny. We're, we're talking about complexity. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, sometimes if that's your only avenue to get affection and sensuality and you feel like you have to express it, you know, in sex, then it's this mechanical thing. And sometimes I, I think that the separation in sex, right? is when i mean you can have great orgasms mm-hmm. but you may not have great sex
0: yeah, yeah I heard, because
1: it's not it's not connecting
0: yeah i heard a client talk about that they would take you know like robot sex with their wife like where she just uh-huh. is is mechanical and cold right well they got right? those dolls now yeah
1: right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah or you can order them, I'm sure. Amazon. Does Amazon sell them now? Probably. Um, you can get them delivered by a drone. That would be something. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, the, 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 doll the, the doll being carried through the care neighborhood. Care the
1: <laughs> Look at what Mr. <laughs> Adams got.
0: <laughs> we just, everybody's just following it to, see, to yeah. see whose house it's going to.
1: Exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but
0: anyway, the, the client was saying, like, you know, because of because men are wired, we'll take sex where we can get it. But the client was saying, but that's not what I really want. And over, if that's the only sex Mm -hmm. that's happening, that he's going to start feeling really... He's not going to be satisfied with that. Right? That's not going to be what he ultimately wants. He'll take it for a while. And maybe there are some times... Intermittent and in that word is just wild animal sex, just for sex sake. Absolutely. Um, because I think that's that can be part of a passion. Absolutely. Healthy and I think that, well. that
1: that part of masculine sexuality is often denigrated as well. Yeah. You know that it's not equivalent to female sexuality. That sometimes he does want it down and dirty. You know, stop, drop, and roll. And some and he gets a bad rap on that end too. Right. I mean, it, it's complicated.
0: being but a don't. Guy. But don't you think that it. It would. Is it helpful for women if they start to see sex in their partner as a need, rather than as a brutish conquest type of thing?
1: I mean, I it probably is another podcast, but okay. I, I think that there is a lot going against men. Young boys who grow up with essentially, you know, shame over being weak. They, they have to suppress this need for sensuality. You know, they have to have a rock-hard body, right? And these days, do adolescents have that rock-hard body? And it all comes at a time in their life when they're not very skilled interpersonally, all that pressure, and then we expect them to be great connected lovers when they get married or when they get in a committed partnership. I mean, I think that's rough, and we denigrate the things that are, you know, so masculine that, you know, that he's visual. Uh, somehow or another, that makes him bad. You know, that, he, that looking is a bad thing, or that he's, you know, highly passionate. Uh, and has high desire, that somehow or another is bad. I just, I, I think there's there's problems. And I'm not sure we have solutions today, but it was nope. it was certainly an interesting conversation. We'll be talking more about that. We're with you out there. Thanks for joining us on 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. You're listening to your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. And a lot of these ideas were brought to me in a chapter of a book called Sex Therapy for Men in New Dimensions of Sex Therapy. And it was a chapter written by Gary Brooks and William Elder. Thanks, you guys. Brooks and Elders, you're the bomb. Thanks for bringing these ideas to our attention. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.